Thank you very much, Charlie, for talking to me about um, your experiences and, and relationship with kind of commemorative work. Um, you're a sculptor and a carver, so one of the first things I was going to ask you was about when you design, you create a memorial. How important is it to pay attention to the, the context in which it's going to be standing, um, particularly things like the surrounding landscape at the memorial site? Because uh, all my work is really done to commission, then of its nature, it's always a response to something. I mean, some people will come with a worked out brief, not aesthetically, but an idea worked out for what they want. Other people might just say that there's a place where we want something to go, or there's always a, a reason or a sort of context or a purpose or an intention behind the commission, even if that has no aesthetic content when it comes to me, which is fine, that's fine. So with everything I do, I'm responding to things because the nature of my work is that it has that relevance or place or purpose or it's wanted, you know. And so, yes, context is critical. And also for me... I suppose it's a bit, it's, it's like, I've said it like this in the past, that it's a bit like concrete poetry, where the meaning of the poem is in part, its physical manifestation is in part the process that you go through of reading it and taking it in. In other words, it's not just ideas of words, it's everything about your encounter with the poem contributes to the meaning that that poem has comparably for when I'm especially when I'm using text but in any other in every other way too really I try to make everything about what I'm making cohere come together have an internal one thing having an internal connection with another so that the object sits within its context the material and the text if there is any and its sight, everything speaks to everything else. Everything's internally bound up with it in order to get the meaning across. Which sounds sort of convoluted, but it's a kind of concretization of meaning of the piece, really. Is there a... I'm just thinking about your use of text, actually, and you've deliberately chosen, say, or lines from Auden, and I guess the Andrew Motion one was, was that given to you, the, the motion... For the VC Memorial... It was. It was a semi-collaborative thing where he was commissioned to write a poem. I pulled one line out of each of the three stanzas, chose those lines deliberately for almost physical reasons in the way that I could work them on the piece. Um, Can you give an example of that, how that relates to the material and how you're going to work it? In that case, there was um, one line that read something like, the lists of names and dates, and then something else, which was about listing. I can't remember the exact words. But it formed a long line, and implicit in the line is this thing of lists, mm. you know, of long enumeration of things. And so that was the key to setting these three lines of text as great big long lines down what were sort of eight and a half foot high out of the ground blocks of of Gaithness Stone. Another line was something like something, 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 and the wind slides through, and there was a gap between the two blocks of stone. Mm. So there are physical correspondences or resonances in the object that pick out those 
puts things in the lines of text mm. um, and and even the even the kind of lettering that gets used or that I design because I don't try I don't repeat myself so everything is designed for a specific thing with that piece which was in Tunbridge Wells in Dunorn Park and a sort of oak grove that was deliberately planted as part of the whole sort of context of VC commemoration um, I devised a text which worked very well with the material and the way the material gets worked and the, the, the results that you get texture and colour and all the rest of it and the, and the quality of it is a very hard material and the letter form evolved around all that and around this long setting down the stone of these lines and at the sort of unveiling, some of the trustees from the park came across to talk to me about the lettering in particular and about the letter form. They wanted to know about it. And um, they said at first, you know, we found it sort of a bit strange, you know, and uh, it's obviously not a commonplace letter. Mm. Um, but he said, we really got to like it. And it's just a process. It's just a time. It's if something's half successful, people can come to own it, can't they? So that's, so that's really interesting, because I was going to ask you about lettering, um, because you've written out in one of your articles about, um, I think I'm right in saying that kind of the traditional view of lettering has stood for a very long time for memorials, for commemorative pieces. Yeah. And that in, so, to some extent, you and other sculptors, uh, carvers, are you trying to work against that tradition? Because that, Why is that? Is that because it, it, it seems to be of the past that you want to try and engage in a new way of presenting... There's a, there are traditional, uh, there are um, traditional or conservative-minded mm. approaches to lettering, which centre around you know a Roman letter, mm. or whether it's serif or it isn't. There's a timidity associated mm. with fine lettering, where you don't want to get expressive or really wrestle with material and open up the material qualities of the material you're working in, or there's a kind of parochialism about a lot of lettering in this country, which you only have to look at some lettering in Belgium and mm. quite a lot of lettering in Germany is expressive, gutsy, aesthetically rich, sculptural, more 3D. And, you, and there are severe limitations to, a, for some of us, to a lot of lettering, you know, as it's understood. It is opening up a bit now, but it's ripe for exploration of possibility mm. and the possibility in, for me ought to have something about getting it more to work with the material you know letting the material express itself through the lettering and what text you choose what letter forms you make what material you choose to do those in what scale it is how someone reads it do they read it from below do they read it from above do they, do they come upon it around the other side of the object? All of these things contribute to how that thing will register with them. Yeah. Are some of those limitations down to who is commissioning you to do the piece? Then? So, well, that's a good question. Uh, certainly with public pieces, uh, you can be up against that. And you sense it with major public monuments. You sense that sort of institutional mm -hmm. you know, timidity. But um, I have to say in my own case, I feel pretty fortunate really I'm not I don't feel like I'm banging my head against people mm. but then I'm 
prepared always to see who it is I'm doing the work for. Mm. So I am trying to, um, you know, uh, understand the situation. I'm not just trying to impose my own. Mm. I'm not certainly not just trying to impose my own wishes on the situation. Mm. I'm trying to let there be a balance, you know, between the creative possibilities that I can see in the situation and who it is I'm looking at as commissioning this. You so know. That's probably quite a, a, sometimes quite a diplomatic approach you have to take then. It's a balancing thing, yes. Yeah. And But I respect people. I respect what, you know, if it's a church, you know, I respect mm. that church and that congregation. And, you know, uh, but that said, people are often a great deal more adventurous artistically, especially ordinary people, mm. than they are normally given credit for. Mm. Once you open possibilities up with them, they are often intuitively right there with you, mm-hmm. you know. As maybe part of that is meeting the sculptor or the maker face to face, and if there is a kind of trust, if you think, "Oh, this chap is all right," mm. then they'll go with what mm. you're maybe proposing. So there's a these are the dynamics of just people meeting one another as part of it as well, isn't it? When so when people encounter one of say one of your uh, memorials. Um, is there slightly unfair question, but is there a particular way in which you want them to read it? Like, if they're actually, I'm not saying literally reading the, the text or lettering and so on, but is there a way that um, you'd like them to come at it? What kind of direction they'd like, or, or how should people kind of read a memorial? Is there a particular kind of way or set of ways in which that can be done? I think once it's out there, it's a public entity, mm-hmm. and so people will come to it. However, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I just, pers- from my side, I just want to avoid cliché, mm. second-rate feeling things that, you know, imported text for no good reason, mm-hmm. you know, or text translated from a page onto a piece of stone for no good reason it hasn't been thought through. Just the responsibilities are on my side, I feel, rather than on... I'm not putting them onto other people when mm. they come to it, will they? When they come to it, they, they, they receive it how they will, you know, and they'll bring their own mm. response to it as well, which is often unthought of for me. You know, they'll say things, and I think, oh, you've seen something in it there I hadn't thought about. Yes. And that's fine. That's fair enough. It's a public you, object. You, well, you said something really interesting in our discussions earlier about how you have to make sure that the, the piece is suitable for whatever is going to happen around it. So, I mean, in some ways, that could just be people walking past it. Yeah. But it could be in a kind of uh, kind of commemoration setting, people actually, you know, saluting each other or laying down wreaths or whatever it yes. might be. Yes. How how do you do that? Do you, I mean, you won't necessarily know what those kind of commemorative activities are going to be. I can I can ask. I can. Yeah. Th- this has to come out. You know, if it's one example I showed today. I mean, the, yes, the commissioning committee will include a local authority person, a landscape. Um, mm. uh, Architect, this is Tiverton. Represent this particular example. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of yeah, this representatives from the Armed Forces Association. Mm-hmm. You're taking it to. They, they'll tell you. They'll they, you know. If, well, if you ask them, they, yeah. they'll give you. You know, they don't always get asked, do they? But mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to ask. Them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I know I, I'm getting to know what it's for and how it will be used. In t- so in terms of I mean, the things you're talking about in terms of cliche, what is the kind of cliche you're talking about? What needs to be avoided? Well, it's their name will live forevermore and all that stuff, okay. you know, which is a lie from the outset, as far as I'm concerned, because <laughs> yeah. they don't. So mm-hmm. you don't say what isn't the case. Mm-hmm. And if the only thing that makes a statement like that the case is a faith that everybody's supposed to subscribe to, well, you know, 
be sure of what you're saying and in what context you're mm-hmm. saying it. Mm-hmm. So, and also overused quotes. Um, you know, look, there's such a fine body of poetry, especially in this country, such mm-hmm. a fine body of modern contemporary poetry. Mm-hmm. That there, is, there is plenty to draw on, surely, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, I mean, I, sometimes I'll write my own text for pieces. Um, I don't think I've done that for a public piece. I've re- I've adjusted text for public purposes, but um, so that's an option. Why shouldn't people be doing that as well? Are, are plenty of letterers are capable of you know writing their own material. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you say veterans as well. Veterans should be um, veterans would be people who would be appropriate, I suppose, for writing texts. Uh, that's that's harder. Yeah, um, because. That's that's that can be tricky, and it's difficult to say quite how. But I would I don't set out to throw the door open that wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know how they perceive something being used if they're commissioning it. But I'm not handing over aesthetic initiatives and responsibility mm. to people when I should be taking it on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a balance. It's a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it. it so one of the other things I was going to ask you was about this this idea of, of time, um, and I mean one of the things you know you, you've talked about in the past uh, you've shared with us is this the avoidance of cliche, the attempt to be commemorative. This is what a memorial should do in our time as we look forward as well as remember. So how do you think uh, a piece can do that? How can it look, if you like, backwards to commemorate and remember and that literal meaning of memorial, kind of warn, the monument, warn, um, and also kind of look forward. How is it possible for a piece to do that? Maybe I was thinking about forces, memorials, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the people wanting something that will serve going forwards for whatever mess we get ourselves into, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's that's difficult, isn't it? You know, because... First World War Memorial is a commemoration for a specific time event. That people are learning to have to be more um, open-ended, aren't they? Um, they have to be even more sensitive to what you say on them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can't. I don't think I can give a terribly substantial answer to your question. It's just it's where we are now. You know, it's an ongoing thing, isn't it? And I think when for armed forces representatives are commissioning something, they they want it to work for the future as well. Mm. So that is a responsibility, isn't it? But you can't like the point that I made about the cenotaph and the tomb of the unknown warrior and so on being mm. things that felt slightly improvised at the time or uncertain or provisional mm. turn out to be seemingly quite you know and quite durable, enduring. Uh, you can't anticipate altogether, can you? You can't. Some things will work and stick, and if they don't, if things don't stick, have the courage to remove them. You know. Yeah. Do you see your? That's the last question. And do you see your practice changing? Um, I don't know over the next few years or so. Um, are, are there? You talked about kind of lettering. There's a kind of shift in the way people think about lettering. Are there other shifts in terms of? not say commemoration, but kind of creating monuments that you know you think you'll be a part of and you can see your practice maybe shifting with that, changing. With That's that. a difficult question, <laughs> because because I'm working to commission, yeah. 
I can look backwards and see a shape mm. that has emerged over the last 10 years and say, oh, well, it's kind of divided, my work's kind of divided up into sort of a third architectural, a third ecclesiastical, and a third working with text mm. in various ways. 10 years forward from now, I've no, I, I don't know. I'm just, I will just respond to whatever commissions come, you know. Um, so I'm, I can't give you a very interesting answer to that. I'm sorry, it's just not... Uh, because I'm not setting out to do... I'm not, you know, um, driven by my own intentions entirely in the work. I mean, I understand people whose creative practice is driven that way. Yeah. Mine, mine is not, and I'm happy that work finds a place because it is coming out of commissions. And so I'm, I need to be open to that and not prescriptive for it, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing your ideas. Thanks. I oh, really right. appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much.